1: Hope that helped you guys out going into this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we are pleased to have one of our CFB brethren join us right now. He is the host of Rise and Drive. Uh, he's also uh, co-host with me on the recruiting show over at Irish Breakdown. And he's about to be a papa soon, man. He's about to be a, a papa for a second time right. soon. I got Ryan Roberts. Welcome in to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Man, you look like you're getting some
2: sleep, though, bro. I, I'm trying, man. It's uh, like Sean. Literally, it's at any time that it could happen, man. The baby could be here. So I'm just, I'm just kind of living moment by moment, brother. Man. By moment
1: Always know that you, are, you what guys you are in our prayers. And uh, yeah, as fathers, see, I only have one Malik. Uh, he, I don't, are you going to have any more, Malik? You already have two.
3: Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm good for a good five years. <laughs> <laughs>
2: With them, with it's them. funny, man. It's funny. My wife wanted three for the longest time, and I was always like, nah, I think two's a good number. And then she had the first one. She's like, I think you're right. I think two's yeah, a good yeah, number. Yeah, 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 because you
3: realize real fast that, you know, you don't have a lot of time for much but more than one. You know? Absolutely <laughs> not,
2: man. Absolutely not. It's wild, man. I mean, I, I'm like, uh, man, I, I felt like I went the first, like, nine months, and I'm like, you know what? Number two is going to be easy. It's going to be good. And then I'm here now, and I'm like, nope, it's not going to be. I'm, re- I'm not ready, <laughs> for, it. ready for it. <laughs> <I'm not> ready. <laughs>
1: So we are here because next weekend is officially the begin of a official visit season, yep. all across the college football landscape, and we want you to rank the recruiting weekends in the month of June as far as impact for the 24 class for Notre Dame. So, without further ado, hit us with it. The double R. You yep. want to go from? You want to go start with number one and move down the list, or, or
2: work in reverse? Yeah, um yeah, we'll go number 1. I think number 1's okay. good because I actually had a I mean, I had a real big debate on 1 and 2 here because I think that there is validity to put one at the top or put the other one. Honestly, I think these ones are a little bit interchangeable. I think the two biggest ones though are going to be the June 9th through 11th weekend and the June 16th through the 19th weekend, like that through few days span. I'm going to go with the June 16th to 19th and but I I initially wanted to go 9th through the 11th because that's the highest volume of kids that's going to be on campus right now. That's like, mm-hmm. if you go to Irish breakdown on our visitor list, like that is by far the weekend that is going to have the most kids nine through the 11th. I mean, you're going to see Anthony Carey there, Carter Nelson, the tight end out of Nebraska, Elijah rushing, obviously the great defensive end out of South points in Arizona. You're going to see Logan Thomas is now a commit to Notre Dame, but he'll be there on an official Brian Huff, Chris Cole, Marquise Gallegos, Oliver Miles. There's a long list for that 9th or 11th, but I'm going to go 16th through 19th, guys, because I think that that one, even with Jaden Riddell committing to Georgia, he's supposed to take an official that weekend. I think that though that weekend has the most... The most importance of landing mm-hmm. the premier targets on the board for Notre Dame. You have Gerby mm-hmm. Lambert that's going to be there that weekend out of Catholic Memorial out of Massachusetts. You have Kingston Villiamo Asa, who is a linebacker out of St. John Bosco, who is an absolute musket for the classic linebacker. You also have Jalen McClain, who' he's
3: huge. <laughs> I saw him last weekend. I saw him last
2: weekend. He's huge. <laughs> he's it's massive, man. Like, I, and I, I think Malik for me, like, if you ask me. Who are the two can't miss guys on both sides of the ball? Not counting Justin Scott, because I know you guys already talked about K- Justin Scott. It'd be Kingston. It'd be Gerby Lambert on offense. Like those are the two guys where I'm like that. You like you need to land those two guys. Like you need to, or else your linebacker group doesn't look great. Your offensive line group is a little bit suspect in certain spots. So I think those two guys, on top of Jalen McClain getting there for out of Notre out of um, excuse me, New Jersey safety, who I don't think there's much of a shot with. But the fact that you're getting him to take an official I think is pretty big for the program. Anytime you get him on campus for the first time, I think that you could potentially move the needle with him a little bit. So I think – and Sean Civiliano, who is also uh, – we we know the deal over the last couple of days with the Owen Waifel situation, right? Like that's the guy yeah. that Notre Dame wants in the class, Is Sean C- Civiliano out of, out of Clearwater Acad- Inter- Academy International in Florida. So he's going to be on campus as well. If it gets to that point, that could be the final – nailing the coffin as far as, like, let's lock this one down. So I think that that one has the premier talent. But then I think a close second would be that nine through 11th because you have, again, the highest volume. Getting a guy like a Carter Nelson on campus. I mean, Sean, you know how big I've been on Carter Nelson now, man, <laughs> for the longest time. I mean, that's my dude, no. man. And If if there's some way that you can get Carter Nelson to go with Jack Larson in this class of tight end, that is – it's a good haul, let, man.
1: Let me I, ask you a question right quick. Yeah. The yeah. Notre Dame was supposed to take one tight end in this class, right? That was the plan.
2: Yes, I, I, okay. at, at one point it was, and I, but I think that that was more reaction, Sean, because I, I think okay. they'd still be okay with taking one tight end. Like I don't think that they're like stressing themselves to take two. Yeah, I think that what happened was that there was a little bit of a. There's a weird vibe when Jaden Riddell had unofficially come to Notre Dame, and I think that that kind of soured them a little bit. So it kind of became like one of those things of like. You know, we'll only take tight one tight end if we need to take one tight end. But but I think that Carter Nelson is so good yeah. that they would entertain taking a second tight end in this class. It just really yeah. is dependent on what the numbers look like. Like it, it, does, is Elijah Rushing going to come to campus, for instance, like if he was come to Notre Dame, yeah. maybe that's where that spot is allocated in 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 regard to taking a second tight end instead. But I think yeah. being able to get him on campus, he's been on campus before for the Boston College game. Jared Parker has been out. To Amesworth, Nebraska, like three or four times at this point. And for people that don't know, like that is not an easy place to get to. They have to they have to uh, fly into Sioux Falls and then drive four hours just to get there. Like there's no airport anywhere near Amesworth, Nebraska. So it is a hike and a half to even get out to see Carter Nelson. So obviously there's a lot of a lot of high interest. Elijah so, Russian's uh, gonna be there. Sounds
1: like sounds like a Notre Dame coach is actually putting in work to get a top crew, crew huh?
2: I mean, he. I mean, he's putting in work just to get there, Sean. Like right. that's wild, man. That's eight hours of car driving both ways just to see goes the kid, long way. man. The like,
3: wrong way,
2: man. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, there's definitely effort on, on that recruitment. There's no doubt. And then you get Elijah Rushing to come in that ninth or eleventh, and it's cool yeah. because Logan Thomas is also going to be there that weekend, the newest commit to Notre Dame in the 2024 class. So one viper to another, hey brother, like let's let's go ball out, right? Yeah, like, let's yeah, let's get you done. Yeah, man, let's do it. Like, Let's be a tandem together. And I think also that weekend is going to be a lot of clarity at both linebacker and safety to a degree because you're going to have Brian Huff and Chris Cole on campus. Mm -hmm. Can you move the needle with Chris Cole? Is Brian Huff a guy that you really want to make a strong push for? If you're not feeling as good about what maybe where things are with Kingston Villiamuasa going into his official – Oliver Miles is a kid that Notre Dame wants at safety. They want him. They, 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 they want. Uh, he's out of Texas, playing at the same high school as Reuben Owens, really dynamic, dual-threat quarterback at high school, but projects to safety. They want Oliver Miles. Marquise Gallegos is also a guy that's on safety boards, so I think you're going to get a little bit of clarity at linebacker, a little bit of clarity at safety, which would be good, and then obviously a couple of those top guys with Elijah Rushing and Carter Nelson and those cats, and Anthony Carey as well, running back who? Him and Keedron Young are the two top running backs on the board to go with Aeneas Williams. Like, those are the two guys that they've really kind of focused on. You know, a, a guy that is go- also going to be on campus is Xavier Robinson out of Oklahoma. Like, he's a guy they like, but it's, there's no question that Anthony Carey and Keedron Young are the two top backs on the board right now. So, that ninth through 11th, I think, is big. And then the second through the fourth, I, I think, is, is important, but it's just not a big list right now. I mean, you have Keedron Young, who I just mentioned a priority at running back. You have Styles Prescott, who's obviously the in-state offensive lineman out of Fishers, Indiana, who is a good player and a player that Notre Dame likes. And again, there's some questions of what the offensive tackle class is going to look like. So is Mm Styles Prescott a part of the conversation? And then you have two guys that I really like that are on campus that weekend too. Malachi Williams, who was Mm -hmm. visited unofficially for the blue and gold game and is now going to take an official to Notre Dame out of uh, Trixell Hill, but it's a suburb of Philadelphia here in Pennsylvania. And, I mean, Sean, we've talked about him a ton too, right? I know you yeah. like him a lot. Kid is talented, man. And I think there's some question right now of, do you need another Viper now that Logan is? because they'll take Elijah Rushing. Like, there's no doubt they'll take him. But I think there's a question of, like, will you take Malachi Williams or not? I think that weekend will be a big determiner of, like, if they see him in person, they'll be like, yeah, if he wants to come, we'll take him. Like he's really, really good. You know what I mean? And oh, then
1: absolutely.
2: Paul Menke Jr. is another safety out of Texas, who I think Notre Dame likes. And he fits Notre Dame to a T. His father played quarterback in basketball for Washington State University. So he's a he's a talented kid out of the state of Texas. I mean, he's visiting Stanford, Duke has some interest in Vanderbilt, like he's a high academic kid. So if Notre Dame wants him, I think they'll have a good chance at him. So I think that second through the fourth is another important weekend, but I really think that 16th through 19th and the 9th through 11th, like that's the two most important in my opinion right now.
1: You know what? The Keidren Young weekend, though, for me is very important because I think Keidren Young, a lot of people don't know, he was one of those offers that kind of pushed a lot of other running backs that Notre Dame had interest in. Down on the totem pole, and some of those other kids are now looking to go to other universities. It seems like yep. so. King Jr. Young, that visit for me is going to be very intriguing to see what happens in the move they make. Once it was just Notre Dame, Texas Tech, now he's going to be taking other official visits. Other programs are in the fray, that's going to be important. And then, give me before we let you go because you know you got the bell bag coming up on IB, the safety position, man. Yeah. Yes. Is there another position that has more pressure or more importance on this month of solidifying that position from a recruiting standpoint? Is there another position that you can look at that elevates itself above what needs to be done at the safety position in the month of June?
2: I don't think so, Sean. I mean, I, I think that there is a argument that you can make for linebacker to a degree. I think there's an argument that you can make for offensive line, especially even more than linebacker, but safety right now is my biggest question mark. I mean, if people ask me today, Kennedy or Lackers in the class, obviously out of Chandler, Arizona, right? Like that's yeah. an absolute that we know, Yeah. but who is the next guy that you expect to be in the class? I, I don't have an answer, man. Like I could see this class being a, I could see it being a Kennedy Urlacher, Davis Andrews, Paul Menke. I could also see it being a Kennedy Urlacher, Dewan Lane, and Marquise Gallegos. I could also see it Oliver Miles, Paul Menke, K- Kennedy Urlacher. Like, there's just so many possibilities at the safety position in 2024. It's yeah. honestly kind of frustrating to try to cover because I'm like, people keep asking me, what is the safety board going to end up looking like? I'm like, guys, I have no idea. Like, I have zero idea. I, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. I mean, I literally just put an article out this morning of like, June is going to be big for safety clarity because I just don't think we understand fully what the safety class is going to look like guys. Like I just really don't man. Like there's so many different combinations that it could be. And there's a lot of guys on that board. I like, but if you ask me right now, who's a guy that's like a foregone conclusion to end up at Notre Dame at the safety board. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, maybe Davis Andrews, but even Davis Andrews, it's like, he might take a Mormon mission, right? Like, so are you going to get immediate help? Even if he does come, I mean, because usually they go one year of college and then they go in their Mormon mission. So, like, yeah, maybe immediately, but like, it, there's just so many question marks right now at safety, and it's 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 a shame because I really do think that Chris O'Leary does a good job developing safeties. But at some point, you need to be able to get some talent in that room in order to be a, the best developer possible that you can be. So, a lot of questions on safety. There's you know no what? We're gonna question. have
1: to we're gonna have to do a show, a recruiting show, strictly on evaluation. Yeah. Written, let's evaluate how the linebacker and the safeties have been evaluated. I, I would be totally interested in that because I'm like you, I'm looking at this position and I know there's tons of talent at the position. But it just seems like Notre Dame hasn't really been able to attract. So before we let you go, once again, yes, you go watch Brian Driscoll and I got Ryan Roberts over at the Friday Mailbag, starting in about like 10 minutes. Yes, Guys sir. will be starting up. So get over there. We'll be finishing up right after that. The top three wants coming out of June. I, I can tell you mine now. I need okay. Kingston, I need Gerby, and I need Carter. I'm just telling you yeah. that those are my three. Those are my three guys. I
2: need those three guys in the yes. class. Well, top three wants leaving Sean for me. Yeah, Gerby's one, no doubt. Okay. I don't. It's going to be clarity after June, but Gerby is one. There's no question. Kingston is another. And when Justin Scott's going to be on campus is my third, man. I just want (laughs) to know when he's going to be on campus again. That's all I want to (laughs) know.
1: Look, I just gave a boatload of information uh, concerning Justin Scott. Um, The the good thing is he can have a midweek visit at any point in time during June. That's true. He can wake up, drive the hour 15 minutes. And we Just won't the even know. Just a tank
2: of gas, man. Just a tank of gas. You That's know, so.
1: But it's a dogfight right now. Shouldn't yes, be, sir. but it is. Ryan Roberts, CFB Nation. All this great content concerning the draft. All of the prospects. I, mean, I know he has a list coming out for its way too early NFL draft in 2024. Yeah. Saying lock in with him at CFB Nation and then always over at Irish Breakdown. He is the Doe. The Don Dada when it comes to recruiting for Irish uh, a, and our brother. Go so check him out on the mailbag. Hey, bro, thank you. Have yeah. a great show.
2: Uh, fellas, I am a, uh, I'm a lucky lefty alumni now, guys. Thank you yes, so sir. much. I appreciate no. y'all. <laughs> See y'all, we'll man. We'll have you back soon,
1: bro. That's right. That's I got Ryan Roberts right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast talking about the month of June, man. The month of June left. These official visits. Uh I think no, it's crazy because I feel like the staff that was just put together last year and had to rush and work hard to do things were in a better position going into June than they are now, in my opinion, with a lot of the top prospects. Last year, they went into June with so much momentum. They were just mad commitments were just like pop 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 all the way up to july 20 july the 4th on the holiday when christian gray committed to notre dame it is right now it's all really just a wait and see approach to a lot of these guys like a gerby lambert who in my opinion gerby lambert's going to end up in the class because i think you know that if i'll put it like this if harry was still here Gerby Lambert would more definitely probably really be really close to being in the class. And I think the Joe Rudolph thing might have added another layer to it. Ultimately I think Gerby Lambert ends up at Notre Dame. Yep. I think that's where he wants to play. That's just my I humble agree. opinion. Um
3: it makes the most sense. I think if anything, winning is going to come into a factor once two or three years of Marcus Freeman being uh, fresh and new, winning is going to carry on into sealing some of the deals with some of these recruits that are on the fringe. And but being able to get first-time recruits on campus is a win for us because before we'll chalk it up to oh, it's it's just not possible.
2: So mm-hmm. for things
3: to be at least a little more possible. I feel like we're confident enough in Marcus Freeman to seal the deal once they get on campus or at least keep us in the, the running by the time they get towards commitment.
1: You know what I'm excited about, left? It's almost that time, bro. They're giving the final slots out to the Elite 11 leading up to this holiday weekend. CJ right. Carr, I think he was slotted number four. He was the fourth release on the list. I'm excited for you to get a chance to watch CJ talk to him up close and personal, compare him to the other quarterbacks in the 24 class. Like you gotta said, go you gotta... to my
3: annual, got to go to my annual uh, Elite 11 and scout out my next Kenny Minchie. Last, <laughs> time I, last time I bumped into Kenny looking for Dante, we ended up getting Kenny. Because they both had the afros. Isn't that ironic? Man, Dante and Kenny look bigger. So I thought it was Dante at first. I was like, dude, Kenny knew me. He was like, oh, what's up, huh? I'm I'm like, wait, you I'm I'm looking for Dante. I I ain't say that, but I was at the time like I, I, okay, cool, you going to pick, cool, you look good, right. you're 20 good, not knowing he's gonna be our guy. I'm looking right. at chasing Dante, he has no clue where he wanna go at the time, you know. So <laughs> So this is funny because remember
1: you gave your film breakdown. Um, you gave your film breakdown on our guy Kingston, middle linebacker. That's coming in that week of January, June, the January, June the 16th, with uh, uh Gerby Lambert, Sean Villano, Kingston, Villa Moasa, and Jalen McClain will all be there June 16th through the 19th. And you did the film breakdown of Kingston a little bit over a week ago, and after you did his film breakdown, you ran into him and actually got a chance to see him. And like your first impression, you were like, yo. This dude is huge.
3: Yeah, I mean he's he's big. He definitely got a Midwest body. You know where it's like he may not have the the six pack, but he's gonna be hard to bring down. Mm-hmm. You know he may not be the fastest, but he'll get ten yards.
1: Oh, he's talking you about the know? linebacker. You think about yeah, the linebacker, but I know what you're talking about.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah so I think I it's important about. that we find the. It's all about fit. Yeah, I mean, after at this point. We're we're selective in our fits. I think and having guys like CJ Carr being able to be that extra push of recruitment, yeah, I think it helps a lot for finding the right fit that's going to play with him.
1: Yeah. I
3: mean, he's been scouting his receivers masterfully. Yeah. A lot of what I a lot of the same things I did going in when I was committed, I was trying to get the best receivers. You know, I no. was trying to be be the extra recruitment because I wanted to go in stacked. Go in stacked. Man, look,
1: it is absolutely amazing that recruitment comes down to, like, (laughs) one month per year with official visits. I mean, it's a little bit more than that. I don't want to simplify it to just one month. But it comes down to the month of June, these official visits, and then for your bigger prospects, the official visits and game day visits during the fall. So it should be pretty interesting, man, to see how Notre Dame Deals with the month of June, Lucky Lefty podcast. So excited to get Ryan Roberts on to talk about. And what do you think about that safety position he was talking about? Struggle with safety, struggle with the linebacker position. The linebacker position was very strong in 22, was very strong in 23. Took a step back in 24 with the departure of James Laronitis, who was in on most of the top linebackers. He goes back to Ohio State. A few of those linebackers fall, follow him and end up in Ohio State class. Uh, the the bulk of recruiting for the linebackers lays at the feet of Al Golden. And then Chris O'Leary, like you said, he's done a really good job of developing the players that he has. But getting top-notch players, and I don't bl- – look, I don't blame Chris O'Leary for Peyton Bowen. I don't, know. At some point, you just get people that just aren't good people. That's just my opinion, bro. Or don't handle things in a a fashion that they need to be handled. With things such as integrity and honesty. Which is pretty simple for me. Just tell the truth, have integrity, and be honest. And say what you have to say. And let people know where you stand. I really don't blame Chris O'Leary for losing Peyton Bourne, but uh, you have Jalen McClain coming in. I love that kid, bro. You broke down his film last week, left. Just his ability to make plays all over the field, physical. Loves to come up, loves to hit, can cover in the slot. This is a big-time player, big-time kid out of the state of New Jersey. They just got uh, Adal Shula out of the state of New Jersey at the safety position. And as Ryan Roberts said, we don't know how much room they can make up, but the fact that he's going to be on campus, like he said, with Georgia having dogs around each other, he's gonna be on campus with Michael Gilbert, who's a commit, Derby Lambert, Sean Sibiliano Kingston, and also Jalen McClain. So he's gonna be around dogs and some of the top guys on that visit, and maybe they can kind of like bring peak his interest a little bit more in Notre Dame uh let's see bailey brad says if cj wins elite 11 that would be huge for the program how much impact do you think that would really have if he does indeed win the elite 11 level
3: uh it's just a good staple for the individual and the kids that are looking at their quarterback that committed to the same school as them uh-huh. winning that top spot no one is going to uh, proceed to be pretty good in college moving forward you look at Caleb williams he won in Tyler Buckner's year, and look at Caleb Williams now. So usually the winner is going to have a great career in in, in in college, not all the time, but it's a good indication that your quarterback going into school, especially if he wins or is the top three or four, you got a good chance of having a good quarterback when you get to school or at least the one that you got committed in your class. So what was the one thing that stood out for you
1: watching Kenny Mitchie? This was before any news about him. You know, re- igniting new interest in Notre Dame or interest in Notre Dame that had previously been there. But what was your first tick? First, what was that take you had watching Kenny you?
3: I just really liked his approachability. You know, he was seemed like one of the few guys that was down to earth, not too nervous, and very confident in his ability. I mean, you're thinking about a kid that's committed to pit, probably the middle of the rankings when it comes to uh, the national a claim that everybody else is getting not the number one guy that everybody's looking for, but talking to him, he was like, man, not only what did he feel like he was grateful for being there, but he felt like he deserved to be there. And he was not worried about the names or who was there or the competition. He was there to win a guy that was confident in his ability. I mean, you know, he had a lot of boys, which, you know, in those situations, these are guys that are going to be your competitors in the future at schools where, they may go to Alabama and you know you don't have a good shot, but I was surprised that he was committed to pit after talking to him because I'm like, man, this <laughs> big time school's not, you know, fighting over this kid. And then just oh, okay. to see him as big as he was, I'm like, yeah, this kid can be, you know, maybe not he has wide first. shoulders, man. Yeah, it, big it, shoulders. That's what I'm saying. He may not yeah. be the 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 Lamar Jackson number one pick of the draft type of athlete quarterback. But if he get on the team and he get enough and he get a chance, you're going to be like, that brother good. I don't know, you know, what he's doing so great, but I think his confidence and his physical ability, it makes him more like a Midwest QB, like a Ben Roethlisberger. Throw the football really well. He's athletic, but athletic in the sense of, you know, he's got guys hanging on him. He may not run away from guys, but he's going to stay in that pocket and make the right throw. And can take a hit, so um, definitely a, a a mold in which you like as a franchise guy. I think if you're looking for a franchise guy in in a, in a three four year starter, they may not always be the most athletic. They may be just that perfect. Uh, what would you say? It's the it's that L A. fitness athlete <laughs> where where he 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 ain't he ain't a professional, right? Right. He, he can get buckets in them little rec leagues. You know, he LA was, fitness Hooper. Yeah, he, he was uh he was first round pick in gym class because he was just good at all the games. Right. Good at dodgeball, good at uh, uh red light, green light, you know, just an athlete of that, you know, the number one kid in recess. You just need him on your kickball team. He he, he just make the right play. <laughs> yeah, he catch the, you know, he'd be the catcher, he could be the first base, he could be the pitcher at kickball, but he gonna be your ace in the hole. Yeah. If he's on your team. And I think that's the same with Notre Dame football. And as, as we've recruited quarterbacks, even since I was there, is we don't need the best player on the field being the quarterback. But damn it, if he's a, that that right fit where everybody can play off of him and he can make guys better, Kenny's that perfect fit for that. Where similar to Sam. Sam's not our best offensive player, but guys will get better when Sam's on the field playing off of Sam playing with Sam. Sam can get guys the ball and in different spots to highlight their abilities, but we're not looking at Sam as a C.J. Stroud. But Sam can get the same type of benefits as C.J. because he's a good fit for what we're, we're offering on offense.
1: Lucky Lefty podcast. We go to the ACC where we talk about crumbling a very much in dire straits conference. I left the business of it right now. We spoke to Candace Cooper, locked on ACC last week, and news comes down today via the athletic day. Graham Neff, the athletic director of Clemson. Said the day has come for revenue sharing based upon wins losses.
3: Because
1: mm. he, he know this, he the
3: car gets ticking over there. They like, look, I don't know how more dominant.
1: And his exact words: "Is it time revenue distribution within conference or at least the ACC is done differently?" Absolutely. I've been very active in those conversations within the league and continue to expect to take a leadership role in our desire for that to be a change circumstance urgently now first of all i understand clemson you just came to the party as far as big time like you're trying to act big time you just came to the party It's like you've been there for like the last decade or so but you just came to the party but I not even that when y'all had
3: DeAndre Hopkins and, and Taj Boyd. Y'all, no, y'all
1: were just a nice football program. Uh, yeah. You hadn't really been on the national championship level since the early 80s, back when the Fridge played for Clemson, bro. So I understand they're falling behind the Big, Big Ten and the SEC. We already talked about the Big Ten's contract. You know, with NBC possibly crumbling and falling apart and how much money they owe Fox because of COVID. And they didn't know that they owed that money <laughs> in, the, in the contract negotiations. And now the presidents are finding out. But look, revenue sharing. Yeah, dude. They're only revenue sharing to me is like when you have a crew right, and you only invite a certain number of the people in the crew based upon the certain type of party you're going to. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you got a crew of 10, and if we go into, like, the campus party or the off-campus party, we roll it as a crew, right? But if we somehow get invited to the exclusive party, the exclusive pool party at somebody's crib in a nice neighborhood, man, Should we tell everybody? No, just me, you, two other people.
3: Yeah, 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 that's right. You know what I
1: mean? And that's kind of like how they're treating this. Like, you know, we don't want to bring everybody else to the party of of how we can make more money as a conference. We kind of just want to leave everybody else back and say, yo, this is exclusive. We want to make this exclusive. We want it to be a seven, eight team conference conference where everybody feels like they have equal rights and the brands are similar. And then we can make money and break bread together like that. I think it's ridiculously whack. The conference is the conference. And, uh, man, a world of college football or college sports where the ACC, especially from a basketball standpoint, doesn't
3: exist. Oof. Man. It's going to be interesting.
1: It's going to be very interesting. Because the thing about
3: the ACC is that, you know, it goes in cycles. So, who knows, maybe Duke becomes, in the next five years, the best team. So, that means Clemson going to take less money then? Maybe Carolina becomes the next best team. Maybe Carolina becomes the next best. So, that means the winner of the league gets the biggest pot. Because the ACC is more up and down than the SEC where, you know, Alabama, LSU, Florida, not, I'm sorry, excuse me, not Florida, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, those are usually the teams that are pretty much at the top of the the league every year. ACC is Clemson, and then who knows, Virginia had a year they made to the ACC championship. So it could be either way it goes, but I think it would be a good structure to make it more entertaining. For the ACC, if they did a winner takes the biggest share each year, it'll make it more competitive. Yeah, yeah. I mean it wouldn't work for the Big Ten because Rutgers would never ever ever get any money. <laughs> they got, they gotta spread it even in the Big Ten because that's just that's a more even fit structure. But the ACC, anybody can win any year in the ACC because you 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 might you might strike a generational quarterback in that league. You might strike a, a team that's veteran because they're not getting guys in the league as, as successfully as other big sp- big programs. So you might catch a senior Virginia team that's on the rise. Mm-hmm. You might catch a senior Wake Forest with an undercover Sam Hartman that may give you troubles, that may win 10 wins that season. You know, it's a lot of variability. You got a generational quarterback in North Carolina who may rip off nine wins. Uh-huh. And you, and nobody will be. Everybody would be like, "What? where they come from?" And then get smacked towards November in the bowl season. You know how that goes. So, I mean, the ACC got it, got it all right. If this is about winning the biggest revenue share, let the winner take all. Look,
1: there's two ways you can look at it. I look. I love the Big Ten. I laugh at the Big Ten because they want to in, in, integrate Notre Dame. And I laugh because I'm like, well, my argument for Notre Dame is they have an independent mindset. So why in the world would they want to have the same revenue as a school like Rutgers? Well, that's not the mindset that they want to operate by. All right, If you force them to have to join a conference because it's the only way they can make it to the college football playoff, that's a totally different story. That doesn't change their mindset. They're just put in a position where they don't have any other recourse.
3: That's right.
1: Like, okay, now I have to. Um, Ohio State, Michigan, the reason they can live with cutting that check with Rutgers is because they know they're going to make so much more money outside of the TV revenue that Rutgers can't. Yeah, Like Rutgers solely... do. Rutgers operates off of that. Dude, the, their apparel revenue for Rutgers is nowhere near... Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, uh, concessions, what they make off of game days, local deals, local TV deals. It's it's, it's not close. Radio, all of that, it's not close. And instead, you have people for the strength of the conference because whether it's not – these deals are not solely made for – Rutgers wasn't allowed into the Big Ten because people thought Rutgers was about to beat his football power. Right, Rutgers was an extension and a connection for the Big Ten to the New York market. That's why they that's the importance of Rutgers. If they never win a game or never win a championship, they stamped and planted a flag for the Big Ten in the New York market. Yep, that's what it's about. Business, and business. that's TV value. So when you go to talk TV deals to these networks, you say, we have the New York market, we have the Chicago market, we have the Detroit market, we have the Cleveland market. They have the markets. It's business. That's the value of Rutgers. And that's why they get there, they get that check. Because ultimately, they add value to what the conference can get in negotiations because of where they are. Yeah. So if you're wondering why, man, why is Michigan State and Ohio State? Yeah, they shouldn't from a football standpoint, but from the power of negotiations and markets, Columbus is not New York. You say I don't care how great the whole Ohio State and Michigan are. Ann Arbor and Ohio State, the TV markets aren't New New York. They aren't. They just aren't. And that, my friends. That's why Rutgers was brought into the Big Ten.
3: Hey, USC team. moving to the Big Ten. Then the UCLA. That's because
1: now they have LA. Now they got LA. That's yeah. all the
3: Big Ten wanted. We got
1: New York. We got Chicago, and we got LA. That's of it. course, they came up with the biggest TV deal of all time. They got three of the five top markets. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So we'll see, man. These super conferences come about. Eventually, they might put Notre Dame in position to where they have no choice. Until then, man, sign this deal with NBC. Sign this other deal with Nike, Jordan Brand, whomever.
3: Whoever.
2: <laughs> Get it
1: over with. Oh, boy. I just saw So your boy DeAndre Hopkins was just released.
3: Well, he had been flirting with other teams for so long. I mean, at some point, team's are gonna be like, "All right, man, clearly you don't want to be here." And you know, the league can only put up with so much. Hey, man,
1: did you uh, do your research? I think <laughs> I have to think longer. Heart, I do think that Commons B album is the greatest album release all good music.
3: I believe it. Because Pusha T's records, I can't name a song. I can't even name a bar. I definitely I, understand what Jim Jones is talking about, but I respect Pusha T.
1: <laughs> well, I can name bars from the clips. I, I know more clips bars than I know solo Pusha T bars.
3: I know, and that's, that's a weird thing because you respect them as being
1: a rapper. I mean, I know the entire I know the entire story of Adadog. I know that I know that entire disc. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've
3: YouTubed the whole story. Too.
1: That that was hilarious. I don't hear anybody say it. Masterful work. Yeah, but uh, let's see. And the trick of this is Kanye's stuff was not released on good music. Oh, he, was, he, he was he was always under Rockefeller.
3: Yeah, Respectful so you,
1: yeah, you couldn't take. I will say this: uh, Saha the Prince had a couple. Of
3: for, for, Man, Kanye.
1: <laughs> he had a couple of mixtapes.
3: Would you rather be a ghostwriter for like the big ones, like how Sahai the Prince is, or would you rather be like the rapper, like Kanye or Pusha T?
1: I would much rather be the producer or the writer behind the scene with my paperwork right. Mm. Absolutely.
2: you be a Quentin Miller.
1: Absolutely. Well, not getting beat up. Not, yeah. Not, not, not his, not his no, result. No. No. <laughs> that's not the example I would use, but yeah. I
3: don't think anybody wants that one. <laughs> oh,
1: man. They did him wrong, man. Man, but no, I I would definitely. It's interesting. I did you watch um, Summer Walker's interview on Carisha? Please.
3: Oh, I haven't.
1: Yeah, she you know she released her new uh she released a new mixtape EP last Friday. Mm. Uh, she has like three or four joints with J. Cole, so I think he was kind of involved in it from an executive standpoint. But it, it's funny. Asking people, would you would you rather have fame or celebrity? If you had to choose, would you rather have fame or celebrity? I just give give me the celebrity. Yeah, give me the celebrity. I'm cool with you know being. A, I don't need that fame. Like, because i need to walk around i need to be able to go out in public it's not okay that so that's, so that's the
3: question then would you rather be lebron or kwame brown
1: kwame brown played 11 years <laughs> has good money no nah, i'm too competitive i couldn't i, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't be known as trash Known I couldn't be court. known as that. Yeah, I you couldn't
3: got be known money. as trash. Yeah, you got I all be, that. I, I could be known as, trash, known as trash, love. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Kwame can't be like, y'all hate all you want. You know, I got the money, I done played, I done first round pick. That's all gravy. So your
1: your you, Kwame put the order in on Unk's Crib out there in LA? Man. Is that why Unk's Crib got hit up last night? <laughs> He took like a million dollars worth of jewelry and stuff, and so. Some- oh,
3: LeBron <laughs> home got robbed.
1: No, Shannon Sharp. Oh, Shannon Sharp got. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. His home got hit last night, dude. he was there, or not there. Yeah, I don't think he was there. Oh man, I did not know that. Hey, they definitely don't send the drop because he has been talking spicy on Undisputed
1: in L.A. They will get you. I don't care who they, I don't care <laughs> who, who you are. They will get you. LA, they will get you. You can't even hide it, bro. They will find out where your crib is and they will get you.
3: Oh my gosh, I did not know that. I'm looking at it now.
1: Yeah, then they steal like over a million dollars worth of stuff, some paintings.
3: Around a million in goods. In goods, yeah. Yeah, an insurance thing. Yeah, it may, I mean, good grief.
1: That was crazy, bro. That was crazy. I thought I said Kwame Brown put in the order. Like, go rob him. Is it that easy to find where you live? Man, you know, L.A., that's a whole circuit, bro. Mm-hmm. Inside jobs, the info, the network of following cats. It's, it's real, and that's why I think people that go out there to L.A. need to understand that, that it's not a joke when you go out there. Especially, that's what I'm talking about. That celebrity, you keep it. And that's the one thing in watching Summer Walker, you can tell she's uncomfortable with fame. You, you can tell. Like, just in this interview, you could tell she's uncomfortable. Like, she's, she's like, just, I think the one thing that stood out to me, she said, uh, I love my fans, but they're not my friends. Mm. Like she clearly wants that distance between.
3: Uh, she loves the attention, but when it comes to her job.
1: Yeah, she's like, I'm not for like talking to them or social media. And, oh, like
3: I don't want to, like, do like, let me just that. be the
1: music in the face that's other it. than
3: that, don't
1: Let that, She wants to be a, a musician and a mom. That's it at this point.
3: But that's just not, was, that's not realistic. We got social media, you know.
1: Well, it's not realistic in this day. If she was an artist 20 years ago, She would have fit in perfect. 20 years ago was what, Whitney? Absolutely not. Well, she wouldn't have had to deal with social media and all of those other outlets. And she could have been more hidden as an artist. Where it kind of worked for you from a business standpoint to be mysterious as an artist years ago. It worked. That's what got people to come out, to want to talk about you, to really delve into your music now. You know, if you aren't available to your fans, it works in reverse. So, oh man, bro, I might as well just put the entire LA circuit on the uh on the petty train, bro. That's a great
3: man. They
1: got unk, um, they got unk. Um, hopefully, they took the
3: suits that were too tight. <laughs> they said hey, they too tight for us, robbers. <laughs> you know what's happening. <laughs>
0: Petty
3: Petty Petticoat.
0: It's time to get petty.
2: Oh, well, we did a good job executing Now are you upset
0: with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I
3: just don't like you.
0: You don't? No. What is today's petty historic? Petty Junction.
1: Petty jump your petty story of the day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, Whiskey AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium premium American whiskey, Whiskey AnoraWhiskey.com. Hey, I put the FAA on the Petty train today, but I celebrate them at the same time. I put them on because for years they have made us sit in seats where people get on the planes and the person in front of you sits down and automatically just rears back. (laughs) Like your knees aren't there. Like, they're going to get more room somehow, some way, and they keep going back throughout the flight. It's like, my knees aren't going anywhere. Like, what are you doing? No consideration. Huh? No consideration. Well, thank God that new mandates for room on planes are being established, and it will be a national mandate for all airlines for the amount of room for knees and limbs on all flights. That's a great thing, bro, because you know you start getting to these small, you know, the cheap, our airlines when you get cheap, cheap tickets, you have absolutely zero room at all, bro.
3: But, but the thing too, though, is that now it's going to be less tickets and they're going to be more expensive. They're definitely
1: going to be more expensive. Trying I agree. to
3: accommodate for I agree. a small percentage of the whole, you know, so it's like the airlines are just using this as a means of Getting cheaper and more expensive. So, yeah, that may be true. A couple bigger people can get some bigger seats, but in the long run, we're losing as consumers.
1: See, I am a person that always sits next to the window. (laughs) You have that's more of a problem when you sit next to the aisle or in the middle seat. You grab your window seat, you normally don't have to worry about that. But that that aisle seat, you're definitely gonna have somebody. And just imagine, like everybody stacked up, everyone's trying to rear back, like they're in a sleep, you know, sleep number bed, trying in the right position to get a good nap. It's crazy, bro. I look, my daughter, she for the first two years flew Southwest exclusively, going back and forth between Chicago and L.A. Man, I messed around and got her a seat. On a United flight, that was it, bro. <laughs> she was like, don't put me on Southwest ever again. Ever again. Ever again. She was like, yo, the leg room. She was like, "The just the room. You it's know, because go, going from Chicago to LA, they're going to have the bigger plane. Their biggest plane. So she was immediately... Reactive to the leg room, like, man, I will pay or I will learn how to pack light so I don't have to pay the baggage fees.
3: <laughs> She's yeah, like, and, and nothing. Spirit is is low key charging hella bread for bringing on, on carry on bags, it's like a hundred bucks for carry on.
1: Spirit was one of the worst flights I've ever had in my life to, to Las Vegas
3: in your life.
1: In my life, I call it my a life. late flight. Going to an All Star weekend to Las Vegas on Spirit, which means you know who was going out for the all. It was just like the plane, the vibe of the people on the plane. Just it was the worst. Left it. it, it
3: It was was the worst.
1: It was the worst. You went
3: on a bad weekend, you know. They bringing out that weekend, bring out all the.
1: I felt like I was on bro. I felt like I was on Kevin Hart's airline. Soul play? I do. I felt like they were giving out thighs and, and breasts with a biscuit. It was, yeah. yo, the experience was all the way bad.
3: But it was, it was bad. Just all
1: the way bad. It was just all the way bad. It just was, man. It was. I'll never forget that. I have not booked a flight on Spirit
3: since then. Oh my gosh! Bad reviews. Nah,
1: can't do it. Won't do it. Lucky Lefty Podcast, once again, those of you that are traveling during this holiday weekend, we pray for your safe travel, your safe arrival, and your arrival back home to wherever you reside. Man, eat good, love on each other, love, family. But most of all, you got to tell someone that you're going to spend it different. We'll talk to you guys Monday for another edition of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Oh, oh, oh,